Porida, good morning and a very warm welcome to morning worship. It's really great to have you with us. Today is the second Sunday of Advent and as we delve into the scriptures and seek to know Jesus that little bit better, let me pray for us the special prayer of the church, the collect for today. Lord, rise up, we pray, your power and come among us, and with your great and might succour us, that whereas through our sins and our wickedness we are grievously hindered in running the race that is set before us, your bountiful grace and mercy may speedily deliver us. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honour and glory, now and forever. Amen. Our reading is taken from the prophet Malachi, chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. I will send my messenger, who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant, whom you desire, will come, 
says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. And the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in days gone by, as in former years. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May I speak and may you hear in the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I wonder how hopeful you're feeling today. You or someone you love may be going through a really tough time at the moment. You may be feeling unwell. You may have experienced job loss or perhaps isolation, anxiety or loneliness. And in the midst of all of that, you're struggling to see how there might be light at the end of a very long and dark tunnel. You may be someone who hasn't given God a second thought. On the other hand, you may be thinking to yourself, 
Where on earth is God in all of this? Where on earth is God in all of this? Does God truly love me? Well, the prophet Malachi was writing his words in what was a really tough time for God's people. They'd experienced lots of instability, religious, political, and economic. Israel at the time was nothing more than a, a, a provincial satrap for the Persian Empire, and they were treated very badly by their oppressors. On top of all of that, Egypt, which was once a really great power in the region, was eager to reassert itself as a dominant force in the ancient world. So Persia would often have campaigns in Palestine to try and keep Egypt in their place. To summarise, in just a few words, the Jews were effectively living in what was a battleground. Life was anything but simple, and it was certainly not straightforward. So many of them had begun to turn their backs on God. They'd begun to ask themselves, does God really love us? And does God's covenant with us still stand? They thought that God had somehow forgotten them and that as a result, they need not bother with him. In Solomon's time, there was a great and glorious temple in Jerusalem, the place where God had set his name, but it had been destroyed by the Babylonians. And by Malachi's time, there was only a small rebuild, a kind of replica of that first temple. The people thought that it was pathetic, and many of them saw it as a real symbol that God had by then abandoned them, that God had given up on them. They were anything but enthusiastic about and committed to the life of the temple. Their enthusiasm for the stuff of God was waning. And so they insulted God by giving him second-rate sacrifices, the leftovers, the things that were no good for anyone else. They gave him anything but their best. The people felt as if God was no longer doing right by them, that generally there was no justice in the world. Everyone who was evil, they seemed to get away with it. And they asked themselves, why is this happening? Where is God, the God of justice, in all of this? They'd almost began to believe that there was no God, that there was no one in control, and that there was no good that could come out of their situation. Isn't he supposed to reward his people? Isn't God supposed to look after his people? And I'm sure that there are many people today in 2021 that are asking similar questions, able to identify with the people in Malachi's time. Why isn't there a great empire for them, they ask? Why aren't they in charge of the world, they ask? And God's answer to this conundrum is a really unexpected one. He says this, I will send my messenger who will go to prepare the way before me. 
then suddenly the Lord who you are seeking will come into his temple, the messenger of the covenant who you desire. He will come. So God is saying that he's going to send a person. He wants us to know that the God of justice is not sleeping. Where is the God of justice? He's on his way. He's going to send him. The Lord is going to come into his temple. And the New Testament really echoes these words from Malachi. I will send my messenger who will go to prepare the way. They're used to introduce John the Baptist. John the Baptist is preparing the way for the Lord. Who comes after John the Baptist? The long-awaited, long-expected, promised Messiah. It is the Lord, the God of justice. He is coming into his temple, and it is him that will establish his covenant. So we know that the one that comes after John the Baptist is no ordinary man. He's the God of justice, the Lord himself in human form. That's Jesus. So the text today kind of helps us to understand the identity of Jesus. He is the one that God is sending to set things straight. He is the source of our hope, my hope and your hope. God is saying, I'm going to send you someone, a Messiah, the one that you've been waiting for. He's coming. I'm coming. But when that happens, do you think that you're going to be okay? Do you really want justice, God asks? It reminds, them, it reminds me of this unattractive lady who goes to see a portrait painter. She says to the painter, I really hope that you do me justice. And the painter looks at the lady and says, Madam, it's not justice that you need, but mercy. And that's the case for all of us. We call for justice in the world, but that justice has to begin with us, with me and with you. Do we really know then what justice means? Are we concerned with God's justice being delivered or with our own sense of justice, yours and mine? Our human nature means that each and every one of us sets ourselves up as judge. There's a yardstick between us and others, predominantly showing that we're on the right side and everyone else is on the wrong side. Where does our sense of justice come from? How do we set that yardstick? Does it come from the society that we live in? The government that rules over us? Our emotions at any one given point? Or does it come from God? Is it set by his standards? And God's standards, in reality, are uncomfortable. They're perfectly right, they're correct, they're perfect, and they're beneficial for everyone. But the reality is, apart from Jesus, 
There isn't a single human being, not you and not me, that measures up to God's perfect standards. None of us are on the right side of God's judgment. Even though we might try to be, we can never accomplish God's standards 100%. And so we have to face up to our ugly, sinful nature, to our selfishness, to our bitterness, to our greed, to our inability to forgive, to the fact that we set ourselves up in rebellion against God. And that needs judging. That needs dealing with. It can't simply, in a perfectly just world, be brushed under the carpet and be forgotten about. Not by a God who loves us and by a God whose justice is perfect. So I'll ask you again, do you really want justice? Is that really what you're looking for? Back in Malachi's time, they respond, yes, we want justice. But God comes at them with a rebuttal. Yes, you want justice, he's coming. But who will endure the day of his coming? He will be like a refiner's fire, like a laundress soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and he will refine them like gold and like silver. That justice that God brings, it's going to begin with me and with you. He's going to purify us, his people, so that our offerings are pleasing to him, our God. Just like in the days of old. They all think that the temple that they have at that time in Malachi's time is a poxy one. It's a shadow of the former glory days. When Solomon built his temple, things were great. They ruled with might over all the nations of the earth. And they're looking back to a time when the present day would be like those glory days. John the Baptist prepares the way for Jesus. And he actually turns up. He comes to that small temple, to that place that for them was worth no more than a bean. He brought truth to the people in that, in that place. Perfect justice. And just outside that temple, Jesus was crucified. He died to be a perfect sacrifice in their place and in time, in my place and in yours too. Do you want justice? On the cross, Jesus didn't ignore the things that required justice. He dealt with them. He dealt with them. And in that moment, just like the artist who was asked to paint a true likeness of a woman, an ugly woman, he painted a beautiful brushstroke of mercy. Because the truth is, God has to deal with the injustice of sin. Because he's, but he's also our father. And so he frees us from sin calling us 
to be people who no longer carry that with us. And so when he looks at us, at me and at you, it's almost as if we've never been on the wrong side of that yardstick. It's as if we are pure and clean before him. So take a moment to consider what that really means. What he did for you and for me. That's great, I hear you say. But even now, we don't see a world that is perfectly just. Even now, things go wrong in our world. We've only got to turn on the news and we see multiple examples of injustice against people all over the world. The poor, the weak and the vulnerable. And so we ask ourselves, even now, where is the God of justice? We can see that he might have started a work, that he might have had a plan, but he doesn't seem to be on the side of the widow or the fatherless. There are so many widows and so many orphans in the world today. And what about the immigrant and the refugee? There are millions of refugees today displaced in our world because of war and because of injustice. And as we look on, we're right to ask, where is God? When is he going to sort all of this out? Well, yes, it's true, he hasn't done that yet. But that's not to say that he won't. But on the other hand, where is our responsibility? My responsibility and your responsibility to act on God's behalf to be advocates for these people. God has promised to judge every single one of us, you and me, for our actions towards him and our actions towards others. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbour as yourselves. And so he's not blind to, to the suffering that human beings inflict on one another. Are we lifting up their situations to God in prayer, asking for God's intervention? Are we actually mobilising ourselves individually, our families, our church communities, our communities at large, to be advocates that seek to stand up for these people, mobilising them to work against oppression, against the kind of things that we see as injustice, just as God instructed us to do? Are we asking God to help keep our hearts breaking for these people who are suffering injustice, rather than simply becoming people who are weary of compassion in a broken world? Malachi was speaking to the Jews 500 years before the coming of Jesus. They had a long time to wait until the prophecy that he spoke was fulfilled on that first Christmas night when Jesus was born. Their anticipation had a really long time to build. 
We, on the other hand, you and me, we have the benefit of 2,000 years of hindsight since God actually came to earth in the form of a human baby. When Jesus grew to show us what God was really like and what God's plans were really about. And we know, don't we, that those plans led him to a cross, to two pieces of rough wood that were brought together in the middle. God's perfect place where justice and mercy join together. So as we begin our own Advent preparations, looking forward to Christmas, we have three more weeks to focus on the meaning of that first Christmas, to the fulfilment of Malachi's prophecy. Let's not take for granted that Malachi's contemporaries spent a life, lifetime, a lifetime waiting in anticipation for what we have. Maybe, may we then be filled with joy as we look for the coming of Jesus. He is the source of our hope. Amen.
Let us pray together. Gwedion. In joyful expectation of his coming to our aid, let's together then pray to Jesus. Lord Jesus, we pray that you come to your church as Lord and Judge. Today we pray for our fellow Christians throughout the world, particularly those who are ministering in parts of the world that are challenging, those places where the COVID vaccine is not so readily available, those places torn apart by war, by conflict and injustice. Lord, we pray for their security and we pray too that you would be their comfort and their peace. Closer to home, we pray for the church in Wales. We pray for our diocese of Swansea and Brecon and for John, our bishop. We pray too for our ministry area of Llwchwr, for Alex and John, the clergy alongside me who work in this ministry area. And we pray too for all God's people wherever they worship and meet with one another. Praying especially for our worshipping communities in this parish, in Lacha and in Gosainen. Lord God, help us to live in the light of your coming and give us a longing for your kingdom, we pray. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we look forward to a time when you will come as King of all the nations. And today we pray for all set in positions of authority, those who rule over us in governments that are local, provincial or national. We pray for the Sineth in Cardiff and for our own government in Westminster too. We pray particularly for those world leaders who face difficult decisions in a time of crisis. Lord, may they do justly, may they love mercy and always walk humbly with you. Help us, Lord, to remember that soon, when you come again, rulers will sit at your feet in silence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we know that you are a saviour who comes to bring salvation and comfort. Today, we pray for all those in our world who are in need. We pray for those who are anxious, those who are distressed, those whose lives are torn apart by war or famine or disability or pain or bereavement. Please, please Lord, would you be their comfort and their strength. Break into our lives where we struggle, Lord, with sickness and with distress. And we pray that you set us free to serve you now and always. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We know, Lord, that you come to as a shepherd and guardian of our souls. Today, we remember all those among us who are grieving great loss. Please, Lord, would you be their comfort? Would you be near to them? Give to us and all the faithful departed a share in your victory over evil and death. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Come from heaven, Lord Jesus, with power and great glory. 
Lift up our eyes so that we might see you and meet with you, that with all the saints and angels we may live and reign with you in your new creation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And in a moment of silence, we bring before God our own prayers and petitions, remembering everyone who's asked for our prayers. Come, Lord Jesus, don't delay. Give new courage to your people who trust in your love. By your coming, raise us to share in the joy of your kingdom on earth just as it is in heaven, where you live and where you reign with the Father and the Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really great to have your company. As always, we're here for you throughout the week. If there's anything we can do to help or to support you, spiritually or practically, then please do get in touch with us. We would love to hear from you. Also, as we journey towards Christmas, remember that the church is here, that we are open, and there are plenty of opportunities to worship in person, either in Gosainan or in Lacha. We're following all the COVID safe protocols and so this is a safe place to come and worship as we celebrate together the birth of Jesus. We would love to see you. And so as a new week begins then, let me pray for God's blessing on us. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you 
and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.